Sometimes when I hear myself talking about the time, even I find it hard to believe. And I feel like I'm listening to a character from Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, who recounting the old times, those times way, way before. Understandably, I smile at this. But this smile is tinged with as much regret as nostalgia, and not to mention the memory of a certain amount of fear. Videos started to appear on our shores in the first years of the 1980s, perhaps even before that in larger cities. This was a time when I was nearing my teens. Video was an exotic item for most back then, and few households had the means to play them. It caught on quickly though, and before you knew it, groups of friends would gravitate from house to house in an attempt to play something forbidden. For months, my mission became a clear one. Any money I'd amassed carefully counted until it reached a point where I could afford a second-hand reconditioned video recorder. These were clunky machines, practically steam-powered, with some huge lever-like buttons that took some force to press. I didn't buy one immediately, but I took my time to find the very model that had caught my eye. Now, anyone who'd lived through that time would almost certainly remember the maker video recorder I ended up buying, though probably not the model itself. It was a rebadged JVC HR7350, sometimes referred to as a Ferguson Video Star 3V30, but in my case it was called a Baird 8940. The Video Star range were easily the most popular brand of video recorder in the early 80s, and they were all rebadged machines from other manufacturers. The Baird was a great machine, built like a breeze block and impervious to any kind of harm. It was like a supervillain of video recorders. It was Alien, Godzilla and Jason all rolled into one. When coupled with a Pioneer stereo amp and later on a, a Technica surround sound breakout box, the sound the unit produced was impressive and I'd have friends visit just to listen to a new release. The first video release of Blade Runner, purchased sometime in 1983 became my showpiece and I could sit and listen to it for endless hours, marvelling at the spinners washing around my room. The early 80s were like this for a lot of fans. It was a moment of wish fulfillment that has never truly been surpassed. In the UK we went from three channels that never catered for us at all to having what felt like a world of entertainment at our fingertips. Of course, this wasn't to last. In July of 1983, the Daily Mail launched a campaign with the front page headline, Ban Video Sadism Now, and set into motion what can only be described as a witch hunt that strafed the film-going community, sending people to jail for owning films that, 30 years later, you could buy over the counter in any high street store. We were already into what became known as the satanic panic paranoia, and the video nasty spheres seemed to slip neatly in beside this growing groupthink. Very quickly, those of us who purchased and watched horror films slipped from being victims of unscrupulous distributors of filth to perpetrators of wrongthink. One minute I was a 13-year-old child who they wanted to protect from this imagined abuse, and the next I was a purveyor of said abuse. In their eyes, I was complicit in a sickness. I was somehow taken over by it and ceased being a child anymore. Rationality had truly broken free from these people. 
Those of us who watched these films, this filth, knew they were merely films, though sometimes admittedly pretty filthy ones. But to those who wrote these inflammatory articles, the films were like conscious entities that infected and overtook the people who viewed them. The discarding of rational thought in the common media struck true horror into many of us. But when this started to infect the general population, we started to see this horror realised. This is the irony of it. Those who were suggesting this mass infection of the youth through film were in fact themselves infecting the general population with their own prejudices. Well, the BBFC, a private organisation formed way back in 1912, became the arbiters of all this video violence. And along with their accomplices, the Department of Public Prosecutions, they started taking a one-sided war to the streets of their country. To truly appreciate the absurdity of all this, we have to take a hard look at the British Board of Film Censors, and also look at the Cinematograph Act of 1909 that gave them their powers. It's absurd to think that something decided nearly a hundred years before would start putting people I knew in prison. Especially when that 1909 decision is shown to be an amendment to little more than a health and safety ruling. But, more on that next time. I think I may have bored you enough for the time being. So get yourself a cup of tea, put your feet up, and watch something that your neighbours would really disapprove of. Speak to you later.